Welcome to Growing Through Tragedy, Experiencing Life's Challenges from an Empowered Perspective. This is Leon Morton. This podcast is brought to you by the Belief Hack Brainery. And this podcast is created to provide hope, potential insight, resources for people that are struggling when life hits them in the face, when things catch them off guard, and when you go through a tragedy in your experience here on your journey. Okay, so we've got the story pretty much laid out. We'll start with a a diary entry now for today's episode, and we're going to discuss a process of getting in a situation, first of all, to know that you really do need to consider getting some help, and then secondly, what would that look like? How do you do it? Where do you go? What do you look for? That kind of thing. Diary entry 9-20-2014. One week ago tomorrow, I lost Kristen. To a shocking passing by suicide, I would have never assumed or thought it, nor anyone who knows her. I instantly was dismayed and found myself with chaotic action of family arriving, people supporting and helping, all the details dealing with organ donation and the details of all of that, ceremony, etc. The outreach from family, my son, my daughter, mom and dad, Munch, my brother, and family has been amazing. My daughter-in-law as well, right there with me, loving and kind. Her and Chris were very close. I'm concerned for her and Aaron and Haley as well, my children. Aaron facilitated a meeting with a grief group counseling team. And I had uh, asked if he could look into that. I wanted to be open to move through this as healthy and whole as possible, as well as to be proactive to help the children and Chris's siblings who have come into town. I want to be diligent to try and put myself in a position to be able to move through this as best as I can. Okay. Um, So the topic for this episode is finding psychological support. And as you heard in the diary entry, I had asked my son to look into finding some resources. And at the time, five years ago, I was pretty limited. Um, It seems now as I continue to work on the research for the book and and have gotten that information together that it looks as though there is more available than there was at the time when this happened to me. We immediately found a grief team. And what that is, is it's a group of people that are professionally trained for this type of situation. And you can call different resources. Suicide Prevention Hotline is one of them. And in the episode notes, we'll have some of those resources for you here. They come to you and they, first of all, kind of walk you through a process of what to expect in regards to this process and this grief. And then they sit with you and they... Uh, they move through a couple of processes where they want people to try to start to be open and 
kind of discuss what they're feeling and what's going on. I know that this is very vulnerable and it puts people in a trans transparent place, and I know it can be really difficult for people. And so my encouragement with this episode is to tell you that if you've gone through something like this or you've gone through a tragedy that you are struggling with, there is no shame in getting help. And literally, that should be your first focus and step of action. As you heard in my entry, it was chaos, like instant chaos, the, the very next day and the next week. People coming in, family, all the things. Um, with her, I had to deal with the organ donation and all of that stuff. And you can easily be caught up in the activity of the thing and still be in shock. And what I've learned through the counseling that I did find was that if that happens and you're not proactive to try to set yourself up to go get some care, it's very easy for you to get stuck. It's very easy for you to get in a place where you just try to cover the pain, numb yourself out in whatever way you do. Many people just do it and turn to you know alcohol or prescriptions or whatever. And then they just try to go to work <laughs> as best they can, get up, numb themselves out till they pass out, and then do it all again. And that cycle is devastating. That cycle is not empowering, and that cycle is dangerous. So my encouragement is get professional help. Get very serious about finding a grief team and having them come out to help you and your family right away. That would be step number one. Then the second thing that I did, even in the process of all this chaos, Within the first two weeks, I got very serious about trying to find a grief group. <laughs> this story is very interesting, and so I'll be as authentic as I can because I want to express where I was at in this space. And it might resonate with some of you, and it may not, and that's okay. But for me, I wanted to get into a grief group right away. I had a bent towards trying to put myself in a position to go through the process so that I could stay as emotionally and psychologically healthy as would be possible in an instance like this. I'm proud of myself in that space. I'm grateful that I had a background and experience in psychology and also in understanding the value of coaching. And so I put my ego aside, and in my pain and in my shock, I just intentionally made myself reach out and find some help. So I went to two grief groups, and the first group was a standard bereavement group, and I didn't know much about what the hell was even going on for me in this moment and in my life, so I'm literally just randomly trying to find a group, right? And, of course, the grief team that came out had given us uh, some resources, which is another positive to have them come out right away because you get resources to continue helping you pro through this process. Searching out the grief group was a standard bereavement group, and my, um, I believe it was my son went with me to that one. Maybe it was my daughter first. And, uh, you know... 
I see value in those groups, except I didn't see value in it for me at the time, if I have to be blatantly honest. And I felt like, you know what, this shit's just not for me. This group isn't anything like what I'm associating, and for sure isn't anything with what I'm dealing with right now. It was a group where people would share their stories about a loved one that might have passed who'd been fighting cancer for three years or had a physical illness you know, in a situation like that. And that's completely different than a suicide loss. So for me, that environment was nothing that I even wanted to go back to. And I can see how people would go to bereavement groups and then leave and go, screw that shit, I'm not doing that again. (laughs) I could see that for sure. I did that. I felt that way. Um... But I didn't stop with the first group. Obviously, I got a little educated in that situation and realized, well, that kind of group is not geared towards somebody like me who's going through what I'm going through right now, this moment. So I need to really dig deeper. I need to find some some group or organization that supports people that have lost someone to suicide because suicide loss is a different kind of grief. I detail it specifically in my book and don't really want to get into that here, but know for a fact that it is a different kind of grief. It's not the standard five steps of grief, which is shock, denial, anger, etc. There's so much more. Yes, you have all of those for sure in suicide loss, but you've got a lot more that's going on there. I mean, think about it. Maybe you have religious beliefs around that, and that right there in and of itself can throw you in a tailspin and a whirlwind of incredible crazy chaos in your mind. What about the fact of the guilt, the assumed guilt that comes into play? That's an incredibly powerful, challenging thing. What about the questioning of did this person even really love me if they could do this to me? And you come to this place of what I call me-dumb, right? It's the kingdom of me. And we all operate out of that space. Like we literally operate out of our perception of what the world is. And when you're in that space of me-dumb, you might not be thinking clearly. And many times we're not. But you come up with so much crazy stuff the anger kicks in, and the anger is, is violent, and it's real, and it affects your body physiologically as well as your mind. The, the questioning of how did I not see this, you know, there's just so much in it. And we'll continue to get into all of that as we go through the diary entries because they're very detailed and pretty graphic. But for this episode, understand that... The grief is different, and you need to put yourself in a position to be well. And that means go and diligently find something that works for you. So the standard bereavement group didn't work for me. I dug in and uh, found a suicide survivor grief group. So then I think uh, that was the one possibly my son went. I don't really remember who went to which one. I apologize, but they both were there for me at both visits, you know, one of them each. And I really appreciate that support. And if you can, if you can lean on family or friends that are offering to support you, definitely do. Don't push them away. Just engage with them. And especially if it's family, bring them with you because they're going to also go through a, a very serious grief process. So you want to support that as best you can.
we found this suicide loss grief group. And so we, we go to this uh, meeting. And man, was I apprehensive. And oh man, the emotion and the feelings were going all over the board with me. You can imagine the, just the weirdness of it. The anxiety. Are they going to make me talk? You know, Do I have to share stuff? I'm still in shock. I don't even know if I want to share this stuff, right? And so all those feelings are valid and they're all okay. It's okay what happens in this space. And I don't mean okay like good. I mean it's just okay that it happens. It's going to happen. You can't get around it. You're going to go through some challenging shit like you have never experienced in your lifetime. And you just got to know that that's coming. That's half the battle. You know, if I would have had a resource like this book and like these podcast episodes that I'm doing right now, I would have been very grateful because at the very minimum, I'd be hearing a story about potentially some of the shit that I'm going to be dealing with. And that it becomes empowering. One thing I know from coaching is that if you can coach from a perspective of explaining the why and the process first, it gives the person who you're working with the opportunity to succeed. It gives them the opportunity to have better options and choices in their reactions, in their performances, whatever it is you might be doing. Well, the same thing applies here. So I, uh, I go into this meeting, and it's, it's pretty full. I was surprised. There's like 10 people in the group, and... So luckily they didn't pick me to start and uh, they started with um, a, a lady that was there and here's how it went. She started with, seven years ago, my husband shot himself and it devastated my life and it's been devastated ever since. And now... If I'm going to be bluntly honest, which I am in this entire process with you, my head went, what? Seven years ago? Oh, my God. Uh, I don't think this group is going to be for me because I really can't be in this space for seven years. It'll destroy me. I can't do it. And that's what my head thought. And the next person, you know, 13 years ago. And I'm sitting there going, oh, my God. Holy shit, this is, uh, wow. That, it almost made me go, you know what, I'm going to really get serious about getting some help because I can't be in this space for 14 years or 7 years or 5, 5 years or 3 years without having some movement, you know. And these people were devastated when they're telling their stories. So I don't know really what to think about that in hindsight, except I'm grateful that I thought that way because it did make me get real about, man, I got to get serious about this shit because it could crush me. And I didn't want that to happen. And I know for sure that Kristen would not have wanted that to happen to me. She would not want me to get stuck in this place. I know that for sure. And so... I shared my story, and most people had commented afterwards, it's like, wow, it's amazing that you're in here so quickly after the thing, you know. And I was 
didn't really know how to respond to that. And I was just like, well, thank you, I guess. What do you, what the hell do you say to that? And I gave some hugs and got the hell out of there. <laughs> and I literally was like, man, I'm not going back to that group either. That felt enabling to me. And please don't take this the wrong way. I'm not, uh, I don't want this to be perceived of me being an asshole or anything like that, because it really isn't that. It's just that I knew for my sanity that if I didn't get some serious intervention and help right away, that I'd question, you know, would I make it? Like, how can I get through? So that's why I wanted to be very diligent to just make myself go through the process. So next steps, I dug deep and I found a counselor in an incredible organization and this organization provided support through individual counseling for people going through what I went through. And I took advantage of it and met this incredible woman named Jill, who was a fabulous counselor. And she helped me. She truly did. And uh, she changed my perspective in many ways. She allowed me to be me in the sessions and she was gracious and kind and very sharp and very smart and worked with me to a position where I feel that was best thing I ever did. And so I get to this first meeting with Jill and <laughs> I get in there and she also says, you know, I'm shocked that you're in here within weeks. It's really it's admirable of you and it's to be congratulated, you know, and that kind of threw me off. I was just like, huh, okay. Didn't really think about it. And so as we're discussing, you know, my situation, told her the story, the breakdown, the whole thing. She says, have you got any help? Have you gone to some grief groups? I would really recommend them. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that. She says, oh, really? Well, tell me about it. So I told her about the bereavement group, the standard bereavement group. And she says, yeah, I don't think that would be a good fit. You know, this is a whole different process. This is a thing called complicated grief, and it's suicide's a whole different animal, of which I agreed. And so then I told her about the group that I did go to that was suicide-specific, and she says, oh, tell me more. And I said, well, you know, it just seems enabling to me. I mean, these people are there seven, eight years after the fact, and they're just devastated, and it's like they haven't moved on, haven't moved forward in a positive or even a successful or even just a normal type way. And, you know, that's me with my assumptions and my me-dumb, you know, saying things like that. And she kind of looks at me, and she goes, where was this group at? And I told her, and she smiles, and she says, well that's my group. And I'm like, what? And she goes, no, that's my group. I'm, I lead multiple groups and that's one of my top facilitators. And I just got talking about how the facilitator, I think, didn't do a very, you know, efficient job and all of this shit. So uh, talk about me dumb, right? And I look at her and she says, I can see how you would probably have that type of reaction. And I'm sorry, but I would like to give you something to possibly rethink or consider. And I said, okay. 
And she says, I can probably guarantee you, I, with most certainty I would guarantee you, that the woman that sat there and started crying and expressed that seven years ago her husband, you know, was lost to suicide. She says, I would bet that this is probably the first time she's talked about it in public with anybody other than maybe one or two people very close to her. And in an organization or a group setting where she could go out and reach out to try to get help. And I was like, wow, are you kidding me? And she says, no, I'm not kidding you, Jay. She says, you, uh, you need to understand that in this situation, most people do not even address it. They're struggling in shock. They're struggling in denial. And then they numb themselves out, they go to work, they get up, and they do it all again. And it's a repeated cycle. And it doesn't, most people don't come to see me until they've had something horrible happen, like a manic episode where the stress is so overwhelming, they just go out and spend all their damn savings or charge up all their visas or whatever. Or they get a drunk driving because they're out drinking and numbing themselves out and something then more devastating, you know, not more devastating, but something also that is not empowering happens in their world. And then out of just sheer desperation, this is kind of like the last resort. And I was like, oh my, you got to be shitting me. I can't believe that. And she says, not, not many people are proactive in this space. She says, but I would encourage you to be empathetic and have compassion in that space because the majority of those people, if they're in there, it's probably their first time. And so I was like, oh, well, I apologize. I, I totally see that and I understand. And at the same time, I don't want to go back there. I'd rather sit here and I'd rather come into you every week. And she says, well, we'll make that happen. And that's exactly what I did. So that was an eye-opener for me. And really, in hindsight, looking back on it, probably one of the main reasons why I wrote the book and one of the main reasons why I'm out here telling my story. Because if that is the normal thing for people, that sucks. And I want to encourage people to get very aggressive in being strong to push yourself for your own good and health and safety to get professional care. Like that has to be step one. We're going to go through a lot of really interesting techniques and things that you can utilize in different ways to reframe and different ways to rethink the process and to move you forward. And, and that's, of course, what my book is about and what this episode series is about. But I highly encourage you, if you're going through a trauma or a tragedy, regardless if it's a suicide loss, but particularly in that situation, it is imperative that you put your ego aside, your fear and anxiety of wanting to talk to somebody or I don't want to go talk to some stranger, whatever the thing might be get, that could be possibly holding you back, screw that shit. You got to get in there. You got to go get some care. 
it will help you. And I just can't emphasize that enough. So, Jill and I ended up seeing each other every week. And I was diligent in it and went in every week. And it was, it was the best thing. It was very enlightening. It was very empowering. It was very challenging at times. And I think back on it fondly and with incredible gratitude for her and just being having a resource like that to step in and help. And there are people out there that want to help you. There are people out there that want to support you and your family in this process. I highly encourage that you step into that space and be transparent, be vulnerable, be honest and authentic, and you'll find incredible uh, benefit from it. I'm certain of that. The uh, trauma group that came on site within the first day after that, uh, again, another kudos to that team. Really well done. They, they faced, you can imagine from their perspective, the difficulty of coming in. So you got to really give it to them. You know, these are people that care. <laughs> they deeply care. Because they're dealing with people in shock and in anger and in frustration and in confusion and just everything. And I watched it as my family and her family in our little group there, sitting in my living room, all devastated from the situation. I watched the struggle. I initiated the conversation because I wanted to lead by example. My children also partook in that. Um, proud of them. And then her siblings. And it was a struggle. It is hard. I don't, I'm not... I don't want to make light of it. It's incredibly hard to express what's going on inside of you to somebody. But it is part of the process in healing, too. So strong kudos to the teams that come out. Strong kudos to Jill and those like her that specialize in this space. And just to really kind of one more hit on this, to, to close this session is this. There are thousands of scholarly research articles about mind-body connectivity to stress, trauma, PS, PTSD situations, and complicated grief situations like what it is to lose someone to suicide. And those results point to verifiable evidence that if you don't do something positive to move you in this process, it can become a very serious thing for you in your physical well-being, like literally in your physiology, sickness, disease, 
They're, they're, those are real things that can happen by just holding something inside and not wanting to deal with it and just avoiding it and going into this mode of I'm okay, I'm strong enough, I can do this by myself, whatever it might be. Not to mention the psychological issues that come when you try to do this thing on your own. The studies are overwhelming. Now, the things that we're going to go through in the multiple episodes of this series and the things that are in my book about some of the mindfulness applications, the music therapy, the different things that I implemented that I knew to do, you know, that stuff is really good and really powerful. But I highly encourage that you lay the foundation of your process as you're going to move through this situation by seeking out professional help and professional care. And it is incredibly important. Don't let money be an issue because many times you can find these resources and they're free. My particular situation was exactly that. And I know how valuable that is because you can imagine in a place like this, Shit's going crazy, especially financially, if you got bills and you're getting the bills from the hospitals and all the shit that I had to go through. The last thing I would have probably considered would have been, you know, if that had been a financial hit to go do those things. Now, even if it is, <laughs> uh, dig hard and try to find free resources right away. And even if it is something that, you know, maybe your insurance is going to cover or your insurance doesn't or maybe you don't have insurance, whatever the case might be. There are associations and there are organizations out there that will help. And I encourage you to get to them. And uh, that's it for this episode. That's uh, pretty straightforward. I think the foundation has to start there as we start to think about, okay, what steps were taken to move in an empowered way to grow through tragedy. In the next episode, we're going to start talking about how the phases of grief, standard phases of grief, along with the additional issues of this complicated grief to a suicide loss, how those hit me. And we'll read about those in my diary entries. And then we're going to address each one and the things that were done in that space to try to continue to move forward in an empowered way. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you all. I believe in you. I know that this is very difficult and it's a hard thing to do. So please take this first step of action and do it so that it supports you. You are the one that's still here. You are the one that still has to move on. And so take positive action towards that for yourself. And in that way, show some great love to yourself. Reach out and get some professional support. Step number one. And we'll talk to you next time. In the upcoming episodes, you will learn specific mental strategies and specific tools to implement to help cope in a tragedy of this sort. Many of these techniques are able to be used in a broad variety of life's situations and challenges. And we encourage you to utilize them wherever you see fit, where it can be helpful to you. If you are in a current situation of emergency or tragedy or deep loss and you're struggling, 
We encourage you to get professional help right away. We encourage you to get plugged in. There's a Growing Through Tragedy Facebook page. You're welcome to join that, share your stories, learn from others that have gone through incredible hardships and how they've done it. And if these episodes are of value to you, please subscribe to the podcast and also please forward it to anybody that you know that might be struggling and could benefit from these stories and information. We appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Growing Through Tragedy series brought to you by the Belief Hack Brainery.